friends, it's Doable Discipleship Day. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, Doable Discipleship, Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as we like to say... It's the show that helps you grow. I realized I said that per- pretty fast, and if you listen on 1.5 speed like I do, that probably <laughs> sounded really fast. Um, I'm so curious, how many of you, or what speed do you listen to on the po- on your podcasts? Let me know, because uh, I'm curious. I, I do 1.5. Linda? Yeah, you know what? It depends on the speed of the speaker. There are people that just speak slowly. I'm like, I'm going to be sitting here for three days. Yeah, so it boggles my up. mind when I if I accidentally put it on one time speed, and I'm, I'm like, like, why are they speaking so slow? Yeah, oh, I'm this like, is their normal voice. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it's me. I'm the one with the issue, and I need to get it uh, faster usually. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm Jason. This is Linda. And today we are, um, are going to be talking about unity in the church. Now, this ties a little bit to last week's episode around um, loving your enemy. Mm-hmm. So if you have not listened to that one, I encourage you to do that because today we're going to kind of take another little avenue down mm-hmm. that road because what we well, what can often happen, you're probably, you're probably a part of a church mm-hmm. is my guess. Maybe it's our church at Saddleback. Um, hello, other Saddleback people, if you are. <laughs> If you're listening uh, and you're not part of Saddleback, but some other church, then hello to your church. Um, but you are probably part of a church in your church, and you probably call it your church family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's great. Um, what we, what can happen, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, is sometimes we view other churches uh, in a negative way. Right, like they're not part of our family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're different than me. Right. You know, I'm a part of this church, or maybe you're a heavy denomination person and you're like, I'm a part of this denomination or whatever it is. And then you see people from other Christian churches or Christian denominations as, uh, as wrong or as other or as incorrect, you know, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And that can create another form of enemy mentality. Like what we talked about last week, this, that otherness, Mm -hmm. um, where, we start to view people as, oh, there you go to that church. Right. Or we start to, or they, they think they hold that view of script, you know, whatever it is. Absolutely. So given uh, our topic of conversation over the last two weeks, what we wanted to then talk about today is what the Bible talks about, about unity in the church. Because when it comes to the church, what the Bible is very clear on is we are all a part of the family of God. Right. We are all a part of the body of Christ. Right. And we are called to have unity. And that's across denominations. That's across, you know, all kinds of different things. All that, of Christendom. Right. And so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Big C Church. It's the believers of in Jesus. Yeah, period. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. What does that look like? What does the Bible say about that? So first, unity is possible as we recognize that we are part of God's family. Ephesians 2.19 says, Now you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Underline, highlight, every other Christian. (laughs) That verse alone, (laughs) we should be able to hit you know, end on this, right. re- on this recording. Um, because it's, there's so much even in there, you are no longer strangers to God. So God knows all of us and are, are and we're not a foreigners to heaven. That means then we are 
citizens of heaven, which right. it refers to as God's country. Mm-hmm. So we are all united in that area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But not just that. We are members of God's very own family. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we are all brothers and sisters. Right. And that family bond connects us, mm-hmm. too. It's not just, it's not just, oh, you know God, I know God. That's cool. No, it's deeper than that. Right. It's you're my brother, you're my sister. Right. We are part of a family. Think about your own family, how how close you may be, you know, and, and you hear about the family bonds, family ties. That's what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. And you belong, that belongingness, yep. too, is that it's not just for you, it's not just for me, it's for all of us right. um, in God's household mm-hmm. with every other Christian. Mm-hmm. I just, so that sets the table right right there, right? So um, so first off, unity in the church, God's family. Mm-hmm. That's point one. Point two, unity is possible when we remember that we are all equally co-heirs with Christ. Right. Let's read the passage and then let's talk about that for a minute. Romans 8, 17 says, Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Right? Just like you are an heir to your parents. Sure. If we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Yeah. So, breaking that down a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, Linda, you are an equal co-heir in Christ's glory Which with me. With you. Absolutely. And you listening are equal co-heir of Christ uh, of Christ's glory with me and with Linda. Right. We all share in this because God sees us all who 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 are saved by Christ mm-hmm. as as his children. Right. And what he then gives is his glory. Right. Is that is that home in heaven, that glory through Christ. So we are co-heirs with Christ. Right. That puts us we that that's a, that's a uniting force, right? You know, unlike any, you know. So you have the family thing, you have the co-heir thing. These two pieces are so powerful in reminding us that we are all have this in common. That we are united mm-hmm. in this. That we may have differences in other things, and we'll talk about that. But these two things are so uniting mm-hmm. that it is more powerful than any difference that we may have. Absolutely, absolutely. One of the important characteristics of unity or something you need to know about unity is that unity is not the same as uniformity. So uniformity or homogenous being everything being the same, that is not what the Bible talks about when it refers to unity. God calls us to unity in our diversity. There's a pretty classic passage that comes out of 1 Corinthians 12 and it's um, verses 12 to 27. I'm just going to read them all together because it just really drives home this idea that we are all different. God knows it. And in those differences, then he calls us to unity. So this is what it says. It's worth noting this passage is a little long, so don't be surprised. Don't be- <laughs> but it's worth reading the whole thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Be prepared. Here we go. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. 
Now, if the foot should say, well, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, well, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, well, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, well, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment at all. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So, and then at the very last part, it says, now he wraps it up and he says, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. So I love this because he really, <laughs> he really goes to great lengths. <laughs> yeah. He dedicates a pretty good portion of first Corinthians talking about this. Right. So he's basically <laughs> saying, so the first thing, the first kind of argument he makes is that we're all different. Yeah. We're all different. And we need each other. Mm-hmm. The next part is you don't get to dismiss somebody who's different than you as unnecessary because everything, every part works together yeah. and every part is necessary. So just because something doesn't seem as seem like you or is different than you or, you know, he, he goes through the presentable or hidden or, you know, some of these things, there are parts of the body that everybody's aware of and then there are parts of the body that are more hidden and he's saying all of it is necessary Mm -hmm. and we don't get to pick and choose and we don't get to assign value and say well this is better than that he's like and so i just i love it it's like he says it so many different ways it would be hard to miss (laughs) (laughs) well and i just love that he ties it to things that are universal right right the way our body works it seems like all of these fragmented pieces, if you really put them together, fingers, arms, hands, legs, feet, you know, head, and yet it's one body. Right. And that's where I just love how he's able to tie that picture together. Right. And then, and then very clearly, you know, uh, says uh, there should be no division in the body. Yeah. <laughs> it just very clearly says that, right? So... Let's then talk about, since Paul makes this very clear, he makes the directive very clear, why then is unity so important? You're like, okay, Paul, I, I, I hear you. Why should I care so much? Why is this important? Well, it, it's, it is something that God calls us to over and over again in the New Testament, uh, which would indicate its importance right, right then and there, right? So let's uh, look at a couple other passages where it talks about this. Earlier in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, 
and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. That seems hard. Yeah. But what he's talking about, it's this encouragement Mm -hmm. to strive to work together. Don't let other things get in the way. Don't let trivial matters get in the way. What's important is Christ. Exactly. So he's saying, be perfectly united in mind and thought around Christ. Exactly. Second Corinthians, so Paul's second letter yeah. to the Corinthians, he's like, this They're ain't done yet. Says, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. He's hint he's getting at there that when you're not living in one mind, mm-hmm. that there can be division. Right. So be in one mind and live in peace. Right. With unity, with that understanding of what unites us mm-hmm. comes peace. When you focus on the other things, mm-hmm. that's where discontentment, that's where that's where frustrations and infighting and all that mm-hmm. stuff can come. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then um, he says in uh, Ephesians, in his letter to the Ephesians, uh, in Ephesians 4, 1 through 6 says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Making it pretty clear. Yeah. And But I love that acknowledging make every effort. Right. Because and he can, he, he's, he's clearly, he's recognizing that there are issues going on in the church in Corinth. Or, and, and sorry, in this part in Ephesus. Right. Um, ju- just as there were in Corinth, because... Mm-hmm. Because people start to get different ideas. People start to interpret things differently, which can lead to divisions, which can lead to fighting, which can lead to disunity, which can lead to separations, which can lead to schisms, which, you know, all this stuff. Yeah, and I think that the first part of the passage where he says, be completely humble and gentle, patient and bearing with one another in love. That's how Yeah, that's <laughs> those attitudes are what sort of create a fertile ground to be able to live in unity yeah. because the opposite of humility is pride. Mm-hmm. The opposite of gentleness is being harsh and demanding. And so if you think, if you, if you think about even sometimes what we see in our culture around us, when you come at a difference with pride and with sort of harsh edges and you, you come at it and you're not willing to hear the other person, you're going to get division. Yeah. Unity is not possible when we come at it that way, it has to be with humility and gentleness. Yeah, it's that recognizing that we are all made different. For sure. And we are all come in with our different experiences, our different backgrounds, all that stuff. So what, you know, but focus in on what keeps us united. And why is it so important is it's important because division is is like a a poison. Absolutely. And it can create enemy relationships like we talked about. Mm -hmm. It can create false doctrine and it can create Mm -hmm. um, kind of a block in our relationship with God if we start to think differently about who he is or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to be united in what is so important, which is that there is, I should say, one body and one spirit. 
Yes. One hope that we are called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Yeah, who, how many times know. does he say? One. one. Yeah. <laughs> so there are other reasons that unity is important. And the next one is that it's a witness to the world of God's love. In John 13, 35, it says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. One of the things we have to remember is that especially within the church, the way we treat each other, not just within your local church, but within the church, yeah. is creating a picture for the world. They're watching. Mm -hmm. And the decision they're making about whether or not they want to be a part of what it is that we have is going to be based on what they see. Mm -hmm. Do they see love between one and, you know, do they see us loving one another? Do they see us responding to one another with humility and gentleness? Because if we act towards one another the way the world acts with pride and anger and division, then what are we offering them when we invite them into our world and we say, hey, we you know, we're inviting you to know Christ. It's like, well, what difference has he really made if you act just like we do? Yeah. And so the way we love each other, the unity that he calls us to is a witness to the world. Yeah. Another thing that the Bible tells us very clearly, you know, we've read all those passages by Paul about one, 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 everything's one in him. Jesus's death erased any value or lack of value attached to being unique or other. Like we talked about um, in the enemies episode last week, in the Old Testament, like everybody that was not Jewish was not just considered other, but there was almost a less quality to them. Mm. And, you know, like, and, and that created division. Yeah. That created a separateness that was very difficult yeah. to overcome. And yet in Galatians 3.28, good old Paul writes again, there is neither in Christ Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor even male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And that's not God doing away with gender, but what he's saying is all of the societal and preconceived ideas that you have about a role or a culture or a background, yeah. all of those, Jesus says, none of that matters now. You are all one in Christ, those things are secondary. You still mm -hmm. may be Jewish or Gentile, but you have a common ground in that you are one in Christ, yeah. male or female. Doesn't it, your role, your cultural responsibilities, all that, that's not the your, primary thing. Yeah, your strongest tie to anything exactly is your connectedness in Christ. Right, and so that supersedes all of these other things yeah. And it removes that sort of better than or greater than less than. Now it's just different. Yeah. And I think that's powerful. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third thing that we need to know about unity is that, you know, we've read verses that say, make every effort. Yeah. <laughs> unity requires work. It's not going to happen automatically. It's not the default position. Yeah. Um, Romans 14, 9 says, let us therefore... Make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. So again, this is that sense that this is something we're going to have to work for. This is something that we're going to have to die to ourselves sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Put the, you know, love, like what you were talking about earlier, where it's like putting the good of the other above ourselves. We're going to have to do that. Yeah, I think that was last week oh. that we talked about that. But yes. <laughs> 
nonetheless, <laughs> in order to love people well, yeah. we're going to have to, it's going to take effort. Unity requires effort. Colossians 3, 13 to 14, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. We will have grievances against each other. And so it's saying, bear with, forgive one another, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And then over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So unity is going to require bearing with one another. If you have to bear with someone, it means that you're coming at things from a different position. You know, like this is not an easy thing. Bearing with someone is effort intensive. It means I'm sacrificing myself to come alongside you. That's bearing with somebody and forgiving again. Andy's message was so good about the fact that if you refuse to forgive, what did he say? It's like swallowing poison and hoping the other person dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not super helpful. <laughs> and so in order to have unity, we have to do these things. Yeah. So why then is it so hard for us? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, and I think we can all kind of acknowledge it, you know, it is, it can be really hard to think about unity in these ways. And first is because our culture is constantly points our attention and energy towards identifying and marginalizing the other, right? In order to gain better or a more desirable position for ourselves, or maybe we are casting aspersions on others to make ourselves feel or, you know, look more successful or more powerful. But it's, it's we live in a culture that, that encourages the other. It encourages this idea to, you know, Focus on yourself. Mm-hmm. Put your beliefs on the highest pedestal. Right. Um, and, you know, in not necessarily walk with humility. No. But instead, it's like, hey, you know what you know, you know, and that's, and that's the most important thing. Instead of focusing in on the things that we know together to be true mm-hmm. and in other areas, having humility. Right. Um, cause that's, can be a, that, that's a big part of having that unity is not saying, well, well, I know everything that I believe to be true is correct. Mm-hmm. And if you disagree, you're wrong. Right. That's not going to help with that unity is there could be some things of saying, well, these are things that I clearly know. The Bible says very clearly these things. And there's mm-hmm. other things that, that I have to walk with humility in. Because there are some things that may come across as le- as as uh, less clear, mm-hmm. and so we need to be able to have have um, the opportunity to be humble mm-hmm. and to extend and to have grace for each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because ultimately, God knows. Right. <laughs> I think that's important. God knows. It's not a surprise to Him the areas that we would struggle with that right. would cause disunity, that would cause differences in denominations or mm-hmm. in different. A doctrinal beliefs. Mm-hmm. He wasn't surprised by any of this, but what he says is extending that, you know, ex- extend grace to walk in grace, mm-hmm. focus on the things that make us united, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus, the triune God, yes, you know, high value of scripture, mm-hmm. you know, inerrancy of scripture. These types of things, you know, are the things that we can come back to. And ultimately the biggest thing is that we are children of God. Exactly. The things that we talked about mm-hmm. at the beginning. So why is it difficult? Because culture makes it difficult for us. Yeah. Also, Jesus knew it would be difficult, as we, as I was just saying. And he prayed specifically for unity in the church in John 17. 
It's a, he said, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. So e- even Jesus knew, yeah, I got to be talking to the Father here and praying for unity for everybody. Yeah, here. I mean, this is... Because things might get a little tough. (laughs) And this is John 17. This is like some of his last sort of intimate time with his disciples. And the things that he's concerned about, the thing that's on his mind is unity going forward. Knowing all that they were going to face. Knowing our human propensity to other and define and separate. I mean, you can see pretty quickly in Acts there becomes some division, <laughs> right? Right. It's it's not it, it's it's doesn't take long. Doesn't take too long, and that's just a part of human nature. It's a part of because because we we operate with our perspective. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we read scripture and we see it a certain way, yep. And sometimes somebody else sees it a different way. And what we need to do is try to work together, and mm-hmm. we can talk about it and figure it out, you know, or, or try to talk it through as much as we can. And I think that's, God made us all different for a reason. Mm-hmm. What unites us is the Holy Spirit lives mm-hmm. in each and every one of us who calls, um, who calls on Jesus as Savior. Uh, you know, they like to say, say the, what, what is it? It's level at the foot of the cross. Right, right, right. Right. And so I think when we come back to these things that unite us, mm-hmm. Instead of focusing on trivial things too, like like politics or like cultural, you know, a culture wars sure. and things like that, like as you said earlier in in the in the fears of it is or in the it, that that our unity is an opportunity to be a witness to the world of yeah. God's love. These are things that that the world sees and be like, what is happening? What right. is all this? you know, bickering or this infighting or these disagreements. Like, and so it just, the whole point of what we wanted to have this conversation about today was that we are called to make every effort Mm -hmm. in unity, knowing that sometimes our efforts will, you know, will not work out. And sometimes we'll have, you know, things will happen, but then we can ask for forgiveness and we can work in grace and to just see our brothers and sisters, our family, in love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's what we wanted to talk about today because it tied in with the enemy's stuff last week of not wanting to create otherness or enemies within the church, within right. the body of Christ. Um, so we just wanted to give that special attention in, in, in today's episode. Um, Linda, is there anything else that you wanted to say about, uh, about unity in the church? Just the reason I think it's just so important is because it's just so countercultural. Yeah. You know? And so I just, every effort that we can make shows the world the good news of Jesus in a way that I don't think much else can. Agreed wholeheartedly. <laughs> um, anyway, friends, I, I, I hope this kind of uh, helped to spur a little thought of even just asking yourself the question, in what ways am I, do I know and feel I am united with my brothers and sisters, even in my own church, even in other churches, as I think about, as you said, the big C church, I think mm-hmm. about, you know, all of the two something billion right. Christians in the world, many of whom operate their daily 
walk with God a little differently than I do, right? Exactly. People from different cultures, you know, a Christianity uh, exists, you know, in every continent yes. of the world. But it looks very different and from it, place to place. And it looks extraordinarily different. And But so often we don't know that because right. we just do, you know, we go to our church every week and we do our Bible studies with the people from our church every week yep. in our community. But, you know, the, God sees the whole big picture, the whole big church. Right. And it makes him happy mm-hmm. to see his church looking different. Right. His family looking different mm-hmm. and worshiping him, and talking about him in different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're all united. You know, I have... You know, I have more in common with, with a with a Christian brother in, you know, Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. than I do with the person who lives down the street from me who doesn't know God. Exactly. Well, there's more of a tie with that person that I've never met in Southeast Asia. Exactly. And with my neighbor down the street. I think we forget uh, that. Yeah, and I just think that's so powerful for us mm-hmm. to keep in, mm-hmm. you know, uh, keep in mind and, and remember. So anyway, that's what we wanted to talk about today. <laughs> um, let's see, what do we got coming up? We got another new episode next week, mm-hmm. and then uh, the for the few weeks after that, we're going to be uh, entering into the Christmas season. So oh we'll word. be rerunning some uh, <laughs> Christmas specials that we do every year. Fun. It is, it is fun. So friends, we hope you're doing well. We love you. You're always welcome to write to us, uh, you know, um, leave comments or write to us at maturityatsalabac.com and just let us know what's going on with you. Is there anything that we can be praying for? We love you. And uh, we'll be back with you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events lastly you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com send us your thoughts send us your questions your bible questions your life questions whatever who knows your question might just inspire an upcoming episode thanks again for tuning in to doable discipleship i'm jason whelan and i hope you'll join us again next week